Ladies and gentlemen, we are on episode 217 of the Codex Prime podcast for Tuesday, September 8th, 2020. I am your host, Victor Omoyo, and with me, as always, is my co-host and social media chair, Carl Bird. What's happening, everybody? Yes, we are back um, after a, you know, after we took a week off because we wanted to chill out for a bit, but we are back on this Super Tuesday, uh, uh, named af- aptly named after NXT. Uh, right now, as we're speaking, uh, Adam Cole and Finn Balor, two former NXT champions, are facing off to uh, determine uh, who will become the new NXT champion. Um, uh, this is a couple weeks after Karrion Cross vacated the championship after defeating Keith Lee at TakeOver 30 uh, due to a shoulder injury he sustained during his match with the Limitless One. So, um, I got, like you, Carl, I have my bet on Finn Balor. Um, because, uh, because, to be honest, like Adam Cole has no reason to win it a second time. He, he is the longest reigning champion. And uh, Finn Balor is the second longest reigning champion because uh, Cole broke his record. So I think that there's a story there where you can have Finn Balor try to go, try to break or reclaim his own NXT Championship record as well. So I think that there's a potential storyline there. And plus, you know, why have Finn Balor on the black and black and yellow brand if he's not going to win the championship? Is he just is he just going to flounder around in the mid card, uh, jobbing to Damian Priest? I don't think so. So I think I think ba- Balor should win, and Cole. I mean, Cole has nothing else to do on NXT, so as as it, much as it pains me to say, he needs to go to the main roster, either Raw or SmackDown. He'll definitely fit better on SmackDown, but Vince will not know what to do with him. Next thing you know, don't be surprised if we see Adam Cole slumming it on main event. And I don't want that to happen, but I won't be surprised. But Carl, what say you, man? You know, they, I was actually throwing up the two sweeties because they were both members of the Bullet Club. That's right, they were, in New Japan. So... As long as the match, honestly, I can't even really call the winner. Like I agree with your sentiments, but as long as the match is good, like I'm, mm. I'm cool. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I'll definitely, I'll, I'll definitely catch the match uh, in full. Um, you know, once, uh, once it's posted on uh, Network or Hulu. Um, but uh, we have a couple people in the chat. Uh, we have my number one fan, Furman. Uh, he's booing me, and I love you back. <laughs> And we have Gary Threat in the chat as well. That's uh, Husky. Yep. Husky Hero. I got it right. Husky Hero, not Husky Harris. That's Bray Wyatt. That's the fiend. Husky Hero. So, yes, Gary Threat is in the chat. He says that Cole will lose and he will get called up. My sentiments exactly as well. Uh, Furman says that you sound awful, Carl. That's because Furman's Furman. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, Furman is Furman, and Furman is, is the worst. And you know what? How can Furman be a dad? And you can say that. Uh, how can you say that I'm unfit to be a dad and Furman is? But anyway, I'm not. I'm not. I, I'm not. I'm, 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 I'm not. Listen, listen. That listen. When we had that d- discussion with our friend of the show Afton on the show, I, I won't lie. It was saving you from making a huge mistake. I won't lie. After the show, like that, 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 that kind of got under my skin. But you know what? I, I, I buried that because, you know, I, I don't want to I didn't want to cause an argument. I didn't want to raise a fuss. But that really bothered the shit out of me. But anyway, let's move on. Um, uh, and, and, and you know, what? and, and I, I, I will say this, though, um, I can to a certain degree, I can understand where you and Afton were coming from in that regard. 
and even Tyrone Johnson II. But I, I believe that the three of you are wrong, and someday I hope to prove it. Let's move on. We have Brian Lopes in the chat. He says, what's up, gentlemen? Uh, John Haponic says that I love sad movies. Listen, I listen, I, listen. what I like, I, I like films with great storytelling. And so what if some films happen to be a little dour than others? You know, if, if the film has something to say, and if there's strong craftsmanship, strong acting, strong writing behind it, great cinematography, I will I will watch. And if and there's if another it's, C word. There's another C word. Oh, we're not gonna mention that C courageous, uh captivating, charismatic. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well crafted. <laughs> you know which C word I'm talking about. Uh it's it's a it's an astrological sign I believe but anyway, um, uh, but anyway we have a. <laughs> there's only a handful of movies that fit that description but um, we have a husky hero who says that Adam Cole versus Mansoor on main event will be fire. Listen, <laughs> listen. Oh man. I'll take that any day. <sighs> Just like you would love to see. Mongo versus Okada. Who versus Okada? Mongo. Listen, Steve Mongo McMichael, such grace, such precision in his in his in-ring acumen, the way that Kevin Sullivan tried to Irish Irish whip him in the ropes, and Steve Mongo McMichael had two left feet the whole time. And then Kevin Sullivan had to improvise by doing a double foot stop on his chest. You know what? Home run. You, you, you cannot ask for a much more graceful athlete in the ring than the former WCW United States Heavyweight Champion and former member of the Four Horsemen, Steve Mongo McMichael. Truly the Kenny Omega of his time. Boy, I'd love to throw some hot grits on you. <laughs> hey, listen, you're not, you're not gonna pull an Al Green on me, man. And throw some hot grits in my face, no. <laughs> First, okay, another speaking of Al Green. Yeah. It is no longer the store is no longer called Walgreens. Ah, I saw the meme. It's Al Green to the point where Al Green himself saw it. Yup, I saw that. <laughs> yeah. He's like, y'all need to stop. <laughs> it's official. It's Al Green's. Yeah, it's Al Green's. You know what? I I champion it. You know, you know the man who said, you know, let's stay together. One of the greatest songs of all time. Yep. Why not? One of the greatest songs. Yep. I, I sent you a remix. Uh, I sent you a remix of your favorite song that's out right now. Yes, yes. Um, I didn't have a chance to respond to it, but I did watch it. Um, there is an '80s, uh, '80s synthesized New Jack. New Jack Swing style version, rendition, if you will, of the that's, of the card. That's car- not New Jack Swing. That's pure funk. Or pure funk, rather, of the Cardi B, Megan Thee Stallion anthem of 2020, WAP. WAP. Oh, that really tickled me. I mean, the, I mean, listen, like I've been listening to that song on my commute from on the way back home from work for like the whole week, and I got the I got most of the lyrics in my head because the, the song is so catchy. I mean, certified freak, seven days a week, wet ass pussy, make that pullout game weak. Oh my god. Yeah, get a bucket and a mop for some wet ass P word. 
Give me everything you got for this wet ass pussy. Beat it up, nigga, catch a charge. Extra large and extra hard. Put this pussy right in your face. Swipe your nose like a credit card. Oh, man. Ah, oh, man. It makes my commute so much fun going home. What's up, Carl? <laughs> but, uh... But um, but yeah, you know, uh, that's the that's the song right there. But yes, um, you said that word and word. I I did I did I mean I mean listen I mean the the, the song is catchy. It's 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 the anthem of 2020. And for those who haven't seen that uh, 80s funk synthesized rendition of WAP, um, you can catch it somewhere. I think it's like a YouTube or Facebook, Twitter. You can find it on social media somewhere. It's trending somewhere. Yeah. For those who are friends with me, it's on my page. It's actually better than the original. Yes, I mean, I mean, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm down with that too. Yeah. So. Uh, now, are you actually listening to the '80s version on your computer, <laughs> or the actual version? No, the actual version. Um, is is there a full version of that of that '80s track? Yes. Yes, there is. I can find it for you. Send you the link. Nice. Awesome. I'm gonna add that to my Ratchet Redenbacher playlist. Um, I don't think it's on Spotify. It's not on Spotify though. Oh dang, dang that. Oh, that's that's. Yeah, that's I don't think bad. you can put it. I don't think you can put it on there, but. Yeah. Actually, actually, you know what? You got me curious. Oh, but I'm looking. Well, while you while you, got, you're, you got me curious. Okay. Well, while you're searching that up, Carl, I'm looking at the the chat here. Uh, Brian says, "Uh, weed and pepperoni." That's another WAP rendition. Um, John says, "Yikes." Uh, Gary Threat says, Diamonds are forever, and so are the horsemen, so Mongo is forever. That's right. That's right. Why are you agreeing with that? <laughs> Listen, I mean, Steve Mongo McMichael, I mean... I mean, you, you, talk, about, you talk about some, some, of the, some of the great football players turned wrestlers. I mean, back then we had Kevin Green... Back then, we had the late Reggie White. Um, oh, Jesus. Yeah, yeah, remember him. Um, who, who else did we have? Um, we, we, I mean, I mean, nowadays we had like former football players like you know Biggie. You know, he he was a former football player. We had, of course, The Rock. He played football in college. Um, definitely, are uh, definitely the the greatest re- footballer turned wrestler of all time. Um, we had Baron Corbin, uh, Brock Lesnar. Well, no, actually, no, no, no. Brock Lesnar, he yeah, tried he out. Count. He don't count. No, well, he doesn't yeah, count. Uh, he tried out for the Vikings, but he was f- formerly a coll- collegiate wrestler, NCAA. He, um, no, he actually made it to preseason. He at least made it to preseason. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah. Um, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. When you, th- when you think about the great footballers turned wrestlers, Steve Mongovic Michael is number one by default. Read Gary's Cobbett. And I want to see your face light up. All right, let me see. Hello. Gilbert Gottfried reading the lyrics is hilarious. <laughs> I need to listen to that. I need to listen to Gilbert Gottfried's rendition of WAP. I need that in my life. I'm gonna I'm gonna search for it after we finish our episode. Um, Brian Lopes says in response to my uh, footballers turned wrestlers. Oh, who can forget Ron Simmons? Oh, that's right. Uh, I mean, Daniel, uh, Brian Tillman, Jim Neidhart, mm-hmm. JBL, Lex Luger. Yep. All, all of them, all of them share number two. Steve Ongabit, Michael, Santana. still. Yep. Steve Ongabit, Michael, still number one. Ongabit, Michael, still number one. All those names you mentioned, 
They all can share number two. Lawrence Taylor? Oh, okay, all right. Lawrence Taylor, what number 1.5? I'm going to say number 1.5 because he had that legendary main event at WrestleMania against Bam Bam Bigelow. So, actually, he, he, yeah, yeah, number 1.5, number 1, 1.5. Lawrence Taylor. You know, Lawrence, I mean, I mean, Hacksaw Jim Duggan, he loved the hoes, but, um... Jack Mulligan? Yeah, number two. They can all share number two, that's fine. The Rock. Okay, first of all, I don't think it's fair to put The Rock on the list. Okay, fine, you know what? Okay, The Rock is number one, Mongo McMichael is number 1.5, Lawrence Taylor is number two. There you go. There you go. Dr. Nasty Williams. Also number two. Footballers turned Junk, wrestlers. Junkyard Dog. Junkyard Dog. The Junkyard Dog, you know, legend. Still number two on the list. The footballers turned wrestlers. Yeah. I mean... Gonna get you know what? Eventually, if UWO comes back, <laughs> you gotta get married. Listen, I mean... Somehow, someway, you are going to get married. I mean, listen, I mean, Steve Mongo McMichael, Steve Mongo McMichael, he made the Four Horsemen, he kept the Four Horsemen's name relevant. You want to talk about Arn Anderson? You want to talk about the Nature Boy, Ric Flair? You want to talk about uh, Tully Blanchard? They're all fine gentlemen. You know, they're, 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 they're okay. You know, they've, 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 had, they've, they've had a little, a little, they made a little ripple in the pool of professional wrestling. But you want to talk about somebody who made a splash in the industry. It's the former Chicago Bears veteran himself. The former WCW United States Heavyweight Champion. As a matter of fact, the single greatest WCW United States Heavyweight Wrestling Champion, Steve Mongo McMichael. I'm back. Throw up the fours. Throw up the fours. Because because when you think when you think, when you when you want to when you want to rank the, the the greatest four horsemen of all time, you gotta count them all. The top four: Steve Wait, Mongo McMichael, Mongo, Mongo, and Mongo. Because Mongo spits hot fire. <laughs> okay, I'm done. <laughs> oh God, yes. Um. I mean, somewhere I think I think Brian is Brian is probably like throwing a brick through his computer right now. <laughs> but but um, but whenever UWO comes back, you know what? I will embrace that burial of the week with pride. <laughs> Mongo for Hall of Fame. Um, anyway, uh, let's get into. Hey, bro, Hall of Fame, yeah. Was he? Is he? Is he in the Hall of Fame? No. No. I don't think so. No, actually, no, no, he's not in the Hall of Fame yet. Not even as a Four Horsemen. Um, no, the Pro Football Hall of Fame. A Pro Football? Oh, okay. Oh, definitely. But, like, any any Pro Wrestling Hall of Fames? No, I know he's not in the WWE one. No. Okay. But, uh, but yeah, uh, but, yeah, uh, moving on. Um, got some, got some things to, to, to chat about. Yes, Gary, I am testifying over here. Yeah. <laughs> But um, but yeah. Now that we are putting the Hall of Fame, all right. Oh, I can't wait. UW. That, I hope that Hall of Fame trophy is designed with two shovels. Hmm. 
You know what? Whenever the UWO uh, emerges from their hiatus, uh, I, I will be there. I will be there to, to celebrate. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, man, uh, uh, move, moving on. Um, uh, uh, real, real quick before we uh, continue the proceedings. Um, I do want to uh, 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 pay respects. We got to pay respects. Um, as you can see, for those who are watching, my, my Zoom background is of uh, Black Panther. Um, we got we to gotta pay respects briefly to uh, the late, the great uh, Chadwick Boseman. Uh, who unfortunately passed away uh, due to uh, colon cancer at the age, all too young age of 43. And uh, yo, you know what? We we reviewed we reviewed uh, Black Panther on, on our show on the podcast when it came out. Um, and we and you know, you know, Black Panther was more than just a film. I mean, it was more than just a movie role. Like he was genuinely iconic. It was genuinely an inspiring role because like. Not only do you have young, young black fans and just young comic book fans in general that can see a black hero and have that mean so much, especially to us, because, you know, in our generation, Carl, in the 90s, and I've made this joke before, all we've had, all we've had for black superheroes on screen was Blank Man, Meteor Man, and and Shaquille O'Neal as Steel. That was all we got. <laughs> and and it was it was the slimmest of pictures. Meteor Man was great. Meteor Man? Meteor Man was great. Was I it? wanted to get hit by a meteor just so I could, <laughs> just so I could get powers. I mean, the, the face the Golden Lords. The, I mean that that was all we could hope for back Luther in the Vandross night. Luther Vandross was gangster. <laughs> we had Luther Vandross. Okay. Luther Vandross was gangster. <laughs> we had Luther Vandross back then. Yeah. Okay. We had him, but. But you know, I mean, he didn't. He as I mean, R.I.P. to to the great Luther Vandross, but he didn't hold the candle to Killmonger, though. I mean, but, but um, but yeah, but yeah, Chadwick Boseman, um, yeah, truly an iconic role, and the fact that he made all of those movies within four within a span of four years, from forty two, uh, up until uh, till till up until his passing, all while he was like. Enduring all, all, all three was all the while he was suffering through with cancer. You can imagine all the treatments he had to go through in between, in between you know filming, and the fact that he got all of those projects in from '42 to Black Panther to uh, Marshall, Get On Up, uh, Message from the King, which is a movie on Netflix, and uh, I think a few, a couple others that, that oh, 21 Bridges, Five uh, the Five Bloods. He got to work with Spike Lee. That was his uh, final film when he was alive. Uh, uh, um, he's he was actually working on one. Oh yeah, it's that's just in in uh, post production right now. But, yeah, um, yeah. Ma, but ma, I was just uh, you know on a hiatus. Yeah, that was uh, Ma Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Yeah. yeah, with Viola Davis. Yeah. Yep, I think that's coming out yeah, on Netflix. Yeah, oh my god, like them two together. Mm. Yeah, that's that's gonna be mighty. But uh, but yeah, man. Um, the fact that he got he 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 did all those roles and. In a short amount of time, like you could tell that there was like intentionality behind the choices that he picked, like playing James Brown, playing Thurgood Marshall, playing Jackie Robinson, like, like there was a reason why he chose those roles specifically, and and you can tell that he had some truly he had some real ones in his circle because nobody knew. Nobody knew. Nobody said nothing. No, not his family. Marvel, Marvel Studios didn't even know. Yeah, because if they, they had known. Shortly towards the end. Yeah, yeah. Cause if if had they known, then he would have never been cast. 
Yeah. And and you know, so like he he made the most he made the most of his years and yeah, he was gone way too soon, but you know, RIP to the man. Uh he's in as 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 Ryan Coogler eloquently said in his tribute, which you can read in the Hollywood Reporter, uh, Chadwick Boseman is one of the ancestors now. He's on that ancestral plane. So, yeah, RIP to the man, Chadwick yeah, Boseman. Um, Chadwick Boseman forever. Yeah, what's up? Yeah, what was crazy is I remember this. I just remember this quote that Michael Jackson said a long time ago. It's just like, how do you, everything that you like, you, and I'm and I'm paraphrasing this too because it's kind of it's it's kind of like, yeah, to stuff in my head right now. But it's like, it's about immortalizing yourself. Everything that you do on this earth is how you immortalize yourself. Mm. And he did that. He did. Yeah. Yeah, that's how like I live my life. You gotta, you have to mortify yourself. You want to live, you want. And then I heard this Charlamagne that I said this too when Nipsey Russell, when Nipsey Russell passed away, he said, "Listen, you need to live so your funeral will be popping." He's gonna do. He did that. He really did. He really did. And like. And some some interesting facts that we learned after his passing, like Denzel Washington paid for his education at Oxford. Yeah, because Denzel saw something in him, and Denzel was right to 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 nurture that talent that we got to see all too briefly. So yeah, man, you know you know Chadwick Boseman forever. He was here. He truly one of the most iconic roles in in, in, in of this time. And, you know, generations of, you know, young black kids get to see a true superhero on screen, you know, in, yeah. in Black Panther, you know, you know, people can talk, I mean, l- later on down the line, people can talk about, oh, like, who should play Black Panther, who should be cast, that can, that's another discussion for a whole other time, but for now, let's uh, just, let's just, let's just, let's just celebrate the fact that we have, we had Chadwick Boseman. Yeah, I mean, yeah, because it's. Like I, I did some family over the weekend, and so you know they brought it up, and you know they wanted to know my thoughts because I, you know, I'm maybe in the comic book guy and stuff, and so I broke it down in a way where it was respectful. Mm-hmm. Like I actually, I actually am for it, <laughs> but doing it as first of all, you gotta pay respect to Chadwick. Mm. Then recasting him only to be a transition, mm. so yeah. uh, so Siri can carry the mantle, which mm. he does in the comics. Yeah. So it's like just yeah, just as a transit, just simply as a transition. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and or and plus you know the 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 character. Oh, Black Panther, you know, in looking at the comics lore, Black Panther is a title. You know, it's, it's more than just a man or a woman. Anybody can assume it if yes. they're worthy. You know, so, so yeah, so yeah, that's uh, that's that. Chadwick Boseman, one with the ancestors now, gone but will never be forgotten. Uh, looking at the comments here, uh, Brian Lopes oh to to lighten up to light to get back to the light here. Uh, Brian says, put some respect on Blank Man. And we want the bl- and we with the black delegation also want credit for Howard the Duck. Howard the There's Duck. There's gonna be a new one with Seth Green doing the voice, so. 
You know, I'm I'm for it. I mean, Howard the Duck was was what was one of the most notoriously bad movies of the '80s, which was actually produced by George Lucas. <laughs> so was it really? Yeah, yeah, he was a producer. Yeah, so that's on his resume. <laughs> but Howard the Duck. And, and I want to say a huge hello to. What's up? I gotta say a huge hello to Shannon J. Hartley, who's in the chat right now. Okay. That's a name I haven't seen in a long time. Okay. So, what's going on? <laughs> All right. Yeah, welcome. Welcome. Okay. Yeah, so, yeah, that's uh, that's that's that. Uh, Carl, anything on your end? Anything that you've been uh, getting into? I finally beat Ghost of Tsushima. Nice. Very nice. And... I can honestly say, damn, that game is good. Mm. Okay, well worth the 60 that bucks? That game is a lot of fun. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's the highest rated game on Metacritic, like, ever. Mm, that's impressive. Worth it. Honestly, it's a Victor-ass game. I honestly, like, I'm literally playing and thinking about you, and I'm just like, he would enjoy this. Oh, there's no doubt you that you really would enjoy this. Yeah, there's no doubt. There's no. There's no doubt in my mind that I would. Um, I'm just getting through uh, the outer worlds uh, right now. Um, Sorry. When you're done with it, at least red box it first. You can still get red uh, video games through red box, right? I, th I think so, but I'm just gonna buy it outright. Yeah, I'm. Not, I. I know a good. Co I know a good one when I see it. But you gotta give it. That's the biggest thumbs up. <laughs> This looks like a, yeah. looks like you a will enjoy it. Yeah. You, no, you ser you seriously will enjoy it. Mm -hmm. Um, I like doing I like doing you know, killing the Mongols, you know, stealth like uh, it's just always it's just fun to me. And mm. that and the standoffs. Mm. Oh, like where you have to. Like... I don't know. Something about the standoffs is just a lot of fun. Mm. Yeah. And. Yeah. Now go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say like the the standoffs kind of remind me of um. That old school PS One game, Bushido Blade. Remember that? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Kind of reminded me of that. <laughs> that was an underrated game. Yeah, you have, yeah, you have fun. The story's very well written out. Like I let I let Iris borrow it. Um, he came by the house on Sunday, and he's already like he he's been he's already enjoying it. Mm. Yep. Freddy hasn't put it down since like Saturday. Nice. Okay, now now that's a game that I can see, uh, that I definitely get, can tell lives up to all the hype. So, um, yeah. yeah. It's a big, it's a big to ass game. And then a funny story is there's a scene, there's one uh, part of the game where um, where it's like you're in the middle of a war, like one of the wars that you're fighting in. Mm -hmm. So I had the baby down here, and she's just. You know, on YouTube, just doing whatever. She's, my, you know, she's keeping quiet, minding her own business, whatever. Mm. So I'm like really into this war, you know, went into this war fight, and then all of a sudden, randomly, I hear like I'm hearing the Rocky theme, and I just get so I get even more into it. I just get so hyped up and end up like beating that part of the war and I'm just like I'm like really how did you get through that? Mm. 
Yeah, puts you in the zone, man. <laughs> All right. So I'm telling you, Ghost of Tsushima is a Victor-ass game. I'm sure it is. Like, that's that's a game that's been on my um, uh, radar since it was announced. And and like I said, I, I will I will, I will pick it up. Because I remember, that was it. it was on an E3, and we were just like, yo, Ghost of Tsushima, and we both popped for that. We did. Well worth it. We did. Well worth it. All right. And uh, speaking of games, John has a question in the chat. Oh, that's good. He says, "Where is your Avengers copy, Carl?" <laughs> you know what? I'm pretty sure somehow he knew. Bam! Okay. Yeah. So that song still that song still gets me so. It's it's uh, outside of the Black Panther score. It's the mo- it's the only memorable piece of scoring in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Listen to portals. I did. <laughs> I did. Those will do it too. Yeah, but like, you know that part is part of it. But it's like you get you you just think back to that scene and then yeah. it puts a smile on my face. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And the end of. The, the song "The Real Hero," which is the, uh, which was the Tony Stark funeral. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, yeah, Avengers. I'm definitely enjoying. Uh, I came across like a couple of glitches at um at first, so I'm pretty sure like future now future updates will um, patch that up. Yeah. Um. I right now I'm working on the campaign where the campaign is mostly is um actually it starts off. Your fo- the main focus is Kamala Khan. Oh, Miss Marvel. Okay. Yeah, so I actually did Twitch stream the first part of the uh, campaign mode. Uh, mm. Um, So far, I'm enjoying it. I've been playing as uh, Kamala Khan and Hope so far. There is that one part in the beginning where you kind of just, like, quickly play as everybody. You get, like, a little bit of a crash course. But mm. So um, everybody else is pretty easy. I like working with Thor. I like working with Hulk. Kamala Khan I like working with. Um... Black Widow as well. Captain America was cool to work with. Iron Man's a bitch, though. I do not. I, I don't like his mechanics because you're flying around. So you're trying to control the direction of where he's flying, but then you're shooting at people, and you're trying to control the aim of what you, you know, of what it is that you're shooting. So the mechanics on that are very tricky. I think possibly later on the line, down the line, you know, you... Um, English right now circulating is Captain America's face. Yeah, because you know, <laughs> Superman and Justice League was just immaculate, right, John? But anyway. <laughs> yeah, I, I did like, see the glitch. Yeah. You, I think of, I think later on down the line, you get to, you uh, get used to, you end up getting used to it. But so far, I'm thinking the game, um, there is one mode where you can actually, like, play online and you can actually, um, like say I could be Iron Man and you can be Hulk and then we can actually go through some storylines together. Mm-hmm. Um, I know there's been some uh, issues with that as well, you know, but it, it's at once. So like I said, I have faith that they'll uh, develop. But it's not like a typical uh, Square Enix game. Um, 
you know, from the ones that I played, well, back then I haven't played, it's been like Squaresoft. So, um, it's like I get like an uncharted feel yeah. as I'm playing it. So, um, okay. you know, those are the mechanics that I, I can content, um, that I can compare it to. But as of right now, I'm enjoying it. You know, I'm still playing, you know, some Fall Guys whenever I get a chance. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, Avengers is fun. Avengers is fine. Okay. I think I'm like okay with video games to either the PS5 or Cyberpunk. I'm mm. kind of, I think I'm okay. Okay. Maybe Tony Hawk if I get to, if I just happen to fall into some extra money. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. All right. Um, now I, now I've heard that with um, I know that there's a there's much has been made uh, of among reviewers and and especially uh, fans that um, that the game Avengers should also be called Avengers Spend Game uh, because of the microtransactions. However, although they're all cosmetic. Um, is it true that like like there's a, like a whole bunch of cosmetics that you can per- that you have to purchase with real money if you want like different costumes or skins? Possibly, yeah. I'm not buying them. Yeah, I I'm mean, happy with you know with that. But if you do buy the PS4 version, mm-hmm. Spider Man is a DLC. DLC. Okay. All right. So yeah, it's a uh, all right. That's cool. That's cool. So you'll be uh you'll be playing more of uh, Avengers as uh in, as the weeks go by. Yeah, I played a guy. I played uh I played a little bit before we got on actually. And, um, all right. So and I also started watching this uh, docu series on Netflix, mm-hmm. which is called High Score, and it's basically a history of video games. Mm-hmm. So they, it starts off where you know there was where they meet where um they present the uh, I forgot it I forgot his name because it's in Japanese but um he invented Atari so he actually opened up this old ass notebook and he saw and he pulls out the original sketches for Space Invaders then mm-hmm. you end up meeting um the creator of Pac Man. He shows how Pac-Man came about, and then they started talking about how like arcades came to be, mm-hmm. uh, the original Space Invaders um, gaming tournaments where you simply you had back then you had to go to a mall mm-hmm. and participate in the tu- and participate in the tournament like you had to pay a dollar a dollar to play, and then they actually met the um, and they showed the woman who um, they interviewed the woman who actually did um, win the first like national uh, Space Invaders uh, championship. Um, so yeah, I think it's like eight episodes, I believe, like six to eight episodes, so I'm looking forward to, you know, watching more of that, learning, you know, so much more, and then also they end up, um, interviewing these guys from, um, who went to school in MIT back in the 70s, Mm -hmm. and they actually, like, bought arcade machines and pinball machines to, you know, just to raise some extra money, help pay for their tuitions and stuff, you know, you know, live on co- live on college because college ain't cheap. No, no, it ain't. <laughs> so then, like, they would make so much money off of one machine to buy another and buy another. So where they pretty much had a full-blown full arcade in their dorm room. But then they noticed something. They're like, hey, um, now I'm noticing, like, the revenue has, the revenue has gone down you know, as we had these games. Mm-hmm. So what they what they did, remember these are MIT students, so they're smart as fuck. 
they end up taking the chips off and then they actually modify the game to make it harder so people will come back and still spend more money to try to beat their high score. Because remember, back in the day, in order to just get enjoyment out of games, in order to quote-unquote beat a game, it's yeah. just beating your previous high score. Yep. So that's what they did. And then Atari, you know, the Atari company ended up catching with that, and they tried to sue them. And then they and Atari actually settled with them. They said, hey, you come work for us, but you can only do it for our games. Mm. Okay. And now these guys are, like, retired. You know? Hey. So, yeah, definitely, I actually do recommend it because there's more to it. There's a lot more to come. Mm. You know, watching, you know, in those, like, next uh, six to eight episodes. And let me see, Ghost of Shima. I think that's pretty much about it, Miami. What you got? Okay. And you said that was High Score on Netflix? High Score, yeah, High Score on Netflix. And shout out nice. to Justin for recommending that to me. Nice. Awesome. Uh, well, uh, for me, um, I got, got a, I've been watching a whole bunch of movies um, on my weekends, um, just catching up on. Um, some some new releases as well as some uh, ones from like last year, uh, just to kind of just kind of catch up. Uh, right now, I've been kind of like re uh, reworking uh, some of my previous uh, favorite film lists uh, of yearly film favorite film lists. So I'm like reworking my 2019 one, going back 2018 and so forth. So I've been embarking on a fun movie watching project uh, in that respect. Um, I've been. Uh, Oh, but besides that, um, I've all, I've just started watching um, the the fourth season, or is it the third season? I can tell of uh, F is for Family on Netflix. Um, so, I, so, so I I just started. I haven't finished watching it at all. I just I watched the first uh, two three episodes, and uh, basically um, the, the premise of the the new season of F is for Family is that uh, Frank's father of uh, comes to town. And, you know, Frank's father, when he was a kid, he was abusive. He was a massive douchebag. Um, but when his father visits, you know, Frank expects the absolute worst. But instead, his father's like this, you know, he's obviously, he's older, but he's but he's this nice, grandfatherly, very friendly person. And it pisses Frank off so much because he, he, he thinks that his father's putting on an act. And then when Frank is flipping out at him, his, his father goes, hey, son, what's your problem? I mean, what's what's going on? And, and, and like so far that their, their dynamics is just like hilarious because because Frank because Frank knows how much of an asshole his dad was when he was younger but then he has this sweet grandfather that his kids look up to and uh, and, and even and even uh, Frank's older son is like why well, you have to be mean to the to the nice old man and it's like <laughs> it was just it, it was just hilarious but but yeah I'm, I'm gonna watch I'm gonna watch more of it um, and finish that season. Um, but yeah, F is for family. I mean, ghost meetings. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Uh, you've been talking about F is for family the whole time, and even though I'm, I'm actually waiting for you to say it. Oh, yeah. Of course. Ladies! That wasn't it, buddy. Oh, yeah. You know, Bill, shout out to Bill Burr, Money Morning Podcast. He used to say that on his show. Oh, right, of course. The the quote, the often, uh, the often said quote on F is for family. Um, I'm gonna put you through the fucking wall. Is that it? Was that the no. quote? What was the quote? 
Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Speaking of which, I managed to buy, um, I ordered from Best Buy, um, ordered online, uh, two new steelbooks uh, to add to my collection. It's been a... Here we go. The fanciest of packaging. Yeah, that's right. The fanciest of packages. I ordered two new steelbooks to add to my collection. Two horror films, um, uh, which I which I really which I really like. Uh, the first one uh, came out last uh, year. Was it the year before? I think it was last year. Um, it was uh, stars Nicolas Cage, um, and it's called Mandy. Oh! <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, so I got Mandy. Um, this one is a really cool horror film uh, starring Nicolas Cage and Andrea Riseborough. Um, Nicolas Cage, uh, he plays a, a lumberjack named Red Miller. And he has to get revenge on uh, the murderous cult hippies who kidnapped his girlfriend. And uh, this movie takes a bloody, gory turn. Oh my gosh! Uh, it's it's a, it's a, it's a bit of a slow burn in the in the first half. Oh, but when Nicolas Cage when he makes when he makes that homemade chrome axe, oh boy, shit gets too real. I mean, dismemberments aplenty. It's a delicious film, deliciously uh, delightful, um, deliciously devilish. It's it's a film that you know you just luxuriate. Right, that's, that's too many deliciouses. Yeah, it's 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 tasty. It's a snack. Um, it's a film that you know you can sit and watch with 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 your family and y'all can enjoy it. Um, Mandy, it's this this I mean I mean Mandy Rose can take a seat. This is the real Mandy I talk about. All right, Nicolas Cage in Mandy. Catch this. It's on. It's a steelbook. It's, you can catch it on uh, Blu-ray steelbook. Um, there's also a DVD edition that's included. It's it's a gorgeous looking film too. Lots of I love the purple haze, pinkish color scheme. Um, it, it's it's kind of psychedelic and violent at the same time. So it's it's a it's a treat. It's a treat of a film if you're a fan of horror. If you're a fan of uh, Nicolas Cage, uh, I, I I adore it and. Um, yeah, you should. Y- y'all should watch it. I-, I actually recommended the film to John, uh, our dear friend of the show, John Haponic, but John says that he doesn't handle gore well, so unfortunately, that's not going to be on his list. Uh, but no, he, also mentioned, uh, he did mention something about your steelbooks. Go ahead. Yes, diamond blue steelbooks with glitter. Ah, oh, that would be a dream to have. But speaking of gory, yes blouses speaking of uh uh bloody good times and steelbooks i i got this really interesting japanese horror film which actually came out in 2017 but it just arrived in the states uh, earlier this year it's called uh one cut of the dead yes so one cut of the dead it's a japanese horror film um and it's a it's a film uh which takes place in this uh, abandoned warehouse where this film crew they're trying to shoot a, a, a zombie film. Only that only the only the only snag is that they run into real zombies, and the director is kind of crazy. So he decides to film everything as part of his horror film, even though him and his crew are in very real danger. And what's cool about this film is that the first half is is shot in an unbroken 
37 minute take so there's no cuts they're running in and around this warehouse and there's no camera cuts at all so everything's happening in real time and the way that it, that is pulled off is just so it's, it's just so cool it's just so dope how they managed to pull off that feat um, it's a really cool horror film and it's, and it's pretty hilarious too in, 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 in places um, if you're a fan of horror comedies um, something that's really unique, something that's different, that something that's different from what you usually see. Uh, definitely check out one cut of the of the dead. Um, you can buy it uh, from Best Buy or on Amazon. The, the Steelbook's only like like eighteen bucks, along with Mandy, same price. So, yeah, one cut of the dead. It's a real treat. Um, very unique. Um, I won't spoil it for anybody else, but just know that the first half will have you hooked, and the second half is a really nice surprise. So I'll leave it at that. One cut of the dead. And, well, I got a quick question. Yeah. It has nothing to do with it. I was trying to think of the name of the movie that that stars Robert Pattinson and Willem Dafoe. Ah, The Lighthouse. Thank you. Okay. Yeah, The Lighthouse. I, I was just, like, about it on my way home from work one time, and I was just like, what the fuck was the name of that movie? Yeah. The Lighthouse. All right, cool. Yeah, The, the Lighthouse, oh, that that's a treat, too, man. I That's one of my favorites of last year. Willem Dafoe, Robert Pattinson. Um, uh, truly, truly treasures, treasures of acting. Um, uh, but yeah, I, I did see some other movies, um, some other 2019 features, so I'm catching up on some movies I missed last year. Um, two of which are available on HBO, one you can rent or purchase on Blu-ray. Uh, one film that I, that I managed, that I finally managed to see was, uh, the World War One drama, uh, 1917. Um, that one's directed by Sam Mendes, uh, Mendes, who directed a uh, Skyfall and um, American Beauty, Jarhead. Uh, uh, yep. Uh, uh, oh, oh, and of course, Road to Perdition with Tom Hanks. Um, 1917 is an amazing film. It's it's a te- uh, on a technical level, it's incredible. It's uh, it's a film that's uh, it, that that compri- that's, that's comprised of two very long takes. And um, it takes place during World War One, World War One, and it follows two two soldiers, two British soldiers, uh, played by uh, George McKay and Dean Charles Chapman, and they're they're tasked uh, to deliver to, to deliver a critical message uh, to some of their fellow troops across enemy lines, and um, so to, so they can prevent an attack, uh, so and, and also to prevent. Um, uh, untold casualties on their side. So, so these two soldiers have to travel across no man's land, across like dangerous enemy territory, in order to get to the troops. And the whole film is just like a tightrope act of tension. Um, it's a completely unbroken takes. Um, you're you're watching them like in real time, um, uh, just trying to navigate all sorts of dangers. Um, there's one part where they enter this abandoned uh, mine shaft full of giant ass rats and trip wires, and it's just, ugh, it's just, it's just, it just gives you the heebie-jeebies, especially if you're not a fan of rats. I mean, you, these rats are basically the size of puppies, basically, and yeah, and so yeah, they gotta do, they gotta go through that. Um, they gotta go through gunfire. They have to go through like um, enemy planes in the distance. Uh, it, it's it's definitely it's definitely a high tension throughout. Um, the the cinematographer was Roger Deakins, who actually won an Oscar, his second Oscar for cinematography. Um, just just the way this look this film looks is absolutely gorgeous. From like the from like the the muddy 
barbed wire and barbed wired fields of no man's land with the with the crater with the bombed out craters and the bodies um to um the grass the peaceful grassy fields and plains um to like the this this broken bombed out abandoned city during the nighttime and it's only lit up by flame and explosions it's definitely incredible like if if you want to see something like that's really really well done on a technical level definitely check out 1917 you can rent it on amazon prime or or you can purchase the blu-ray um well, well well worth seeing definitely one of the best films of last year um also on hbo um i finally caught taika watiti's oscar-winning film he won an oscar for best adapted screenplay uh, it's called jojo rabbit um joe yep i thought you saw that already I, I didn't I didn't get to see it. Um, that was one film that I, I was like I, I was like you know what I'll wait till it comes out on Blu-ray. Um, but I never got around to seeing it. And then I saw it was on HBO. I'm like oh man, not get to I get to finally sit down and watch it. But uh, Jojo Rabbit, um, it's a it's a hilarious it's a pretty hilarious uh, uh, comedy slash drama. Um, it stars um, Roman Griffin Davies, Scarlett, Scarlett Johansson, Sam Rockwell, uh, Alfie Allen. Um, and Stephen Merchant, Rebel Rebel Wilson, uh, Roman Griffin Davis, Gr- Roman Griffith Davis, uh, he plays uh, the, the the title the title character, uh, uh, Jojo Rabbit or Yo- or Johannes. Um, he's a he's a young boy who has who who's who's very enthusiastic about joining the Hitler Youth. So the film takes place in the 40s during World War II, and so uh, young Jojo. Um, he has a dream. He has a, he's he has an aspiring dream of joining the Hitler Youth and making the Nazis proud, and his imaginary friend is Adolf Hitler, played by Taika Waititi. So um, so uh, yeah, so he's imagining Adolf Hitler as uh, Taika Waititi's Adolf Hitler, you know, giving him words of encouragement to be the best goose stepper he can be. Um, but meanwhile, uh, his mother, played by Scarlett Johansson, is actually uh, part of the resistance. She's actually. Uh, helping to hide a, a teenage Jewish girl, uh, played by um, uh, oh man, Thomas and Mackenzie, I think that's her name, um, uh, who's, who plays a, a young Jewish girl who's hiding in their attic, or hiding in their crawl space. But once Jojo finds out, you know, since Jojo's pumped full of poisonous propaganda and prejudice about Jews, like he's threatening to reveal the location of this of this young Jewish girl. But at the same time, he's having his uh, his beliefs and his prejudices challenged by this by this girl. And uh, meanwhile, you you see you see their relationship developing. You see Jojo, you know, trying to you know trying to make sense of of uh, of what he's being told and what reality actually is. And meanwhile, um, you you see other supporting characters that you know that he deals with, such as Sam Rockwell, who plays a a a. a uh, pretty much like a, a a Nazi commander who doesn't who just doesn't give a fuck anymore. He's run out of fucks to give. He's just like phoning it in. He's like, yeah, yeah, hail Hitler, whatever. Where's where, where's my whiskey, man? And then uh, Alfie Allen, he plays his um his effeminate um second in command. Um, Alfie Allen, as you know, he plays uh, Theon uh, Greyjoy in Game of Thrones. Um, and so you know, they have a you know they're basically lovers. And uh, Rebel Wilson, he she plays uh, she plays one of the um, one of the teachers who t- tries to teach the young uh, Nazi girls to you know hey hey you know fight the good fight pump out babies but they're kids Rebel Wilson you creep um, and then Stephen Merchant he he, he plays a, an intimidating member of the Gestapo 
Um, it's a it's a re- it's a very it's a pretty hilarious comedy. Um, Taika Waititi does an excellent job of balancing uh, of of also walking a tightrope act because when you're making a comedy based on based on Nazis in a Hitler youth, and when you're playing one of the main one of the main characters is an imaginary Adolf Hitler, it takes balls of steel and it takes supreme skill and deftness and sensitivity of craft to not fuck up to not make something that's t- in poor taste and Taika Waititi successfully balances that walks that tightrope and and there's and there's a and the, and the and the film does move into some dramatic moments and there's one scene which I will not get into which really hits you like a ton of bricks I didn't cry I didn't cry surprise to my surprise uh, to my surprise, I didn't cry, uh, John. But like, I felt it. I, I felt I felt a lump in my throat when I saw when I saw the the moment that hit because it was foreshadowed, and I was like, oh man, that that was oof, that was an earned moment. But you'll know it when you see it. But yeah, uh, Jojo Rabbit worth seeing. Taika Waititi, he's he's a great comedic comedic writer. I, I really I really like all of his films from you know what we do in the shadows to hunt for the wilder people Thor Ragnarok grew on me on the second viewing but yeah definitely check out Jojo Rabbit um, it's a good it's a good film um, yeah Carl were you, were you gonna say something earlier I was like wait because you as you was naming his films I'm like Thor Ragnarok's in that and then you mentioned it, it grew on you I'm like oh cool yeah and then I'm like didn't I see that with you? Yeah, we, yeah, I think we did see it. I think we no, because I know we saw Guardians two, uh, in theaters. We saw too. Guardians two, Doctor Strange. Yeah. Civil War. Yeah. Black Panther. Jesus. I think. Yeah, Black Panther. Yeah. I think we saw Thor, Thor Ragnarok together. I think maybe, but but in any case, like like the first time, like the first time, as you know, we had our review on the show and like. The like the how the comedy like offset the drama like really put me off, but I, but on a second viewing I did appreciate it more. Um, but yeah, the Jojo Rabbit, uh, a quality film right there. Um, I'm just looking at NXT right now. I don't know who won the NXT Championship, but but we'll find out shortly. Um, the, and also the, the the third film, out of many, but I'll but I'll but this, but I'll this is be this will be the last one I'll review for this for this episode. Um, on also on HBO is a film starring Edward Norton, also directed by Edward Norton. It's uh, Motherless Brooklyn. Uh, Motherless Brooklyn, which came out last year. It stars uh, Edward Norton, uh, Bruce Willis, uh, Gugu Mbatha-Raw, um, Bobby Cannavale, and uh, Alec Baldwin. And um, it's based on a 1999 novel of the same name. And uh, Edward Norton, uh, he plays a private eye, de- private eye detective named Lionel, Lionel Esrog, who suffers from Tourette syndrome, and so uh, and so throughout the film, you know, uh, uh, you have uh, uh, Edward Norton's character, who, you know, he, you know, he he he's a brilliant detective, and he has like eidetic memory, so he has like complete complete memory recall of what he sees and what he sees and what he hears, so that makes him an effective private eye, and so um, uh, it, early on in the film, his mentor uh, Frank Minna, played by Bruce Willis, is killed. Um, and, and once, and after he's killed, uh, Lionel has to discover, has to find out he's on the case. He has to figure out why his mentor was killed. 
And so throughout the film, um, it takes place in like the, in, the, in late 50s New York City in Brooklyn. And so throughout the film, you see um, um, Edward Norton trying to figure put the pieces together. Um, he meets this uh, this young this young woman, uh, Laura Rose, played by Gugu Mbatha-Raw, who's uh, trying to fight gentrification and uh, unfair housing laws, discriminatory housing laws in Brooklyn, um, uh, because um, the uh, uh, there's a guy, um, this tycoon named Moses Randolph, who's this uh, major city planner, who's trying to um, demolish multiple um, uh, black and brown neighborhoods to um, to make room for like uh, make room for like more more highways and more um, expensive public housing. And and uh, throughout the film, like all of that is connected, and you get to see how how um, how Bruce Willis and uh, I mean, not Bruce Willis, how Edward Norton and Gugu Mbatha-Raw try to put the case together. And it's a really cool film. Um, it's, it's two and a half hours long, so it's a, it's, it's a little bit too long, but it's still worth watching because of the performances. Uh, I like the setting. Um, I, re- I also love the score, the jazzy detective score by uh, Daniel uh, Pemberton. The, the score is definitely straight out of a 1950s noir. It's like completely jazzy. Kind of reminds me of like something that Miles Davis or like Dizzy Gillespie would compose uh, or something that you would hear from L.A. Noir. Um, it's definitely a really cool film. Um, if you have the time to watch it, if you're a fan of these actors and like good detective stories, definitely check out Motherless Brooklyn. It's on HBO Now or HBO Max. Um, I really enjoyed it. Um, Edward Orton did a fantastic job with directing. Um, and, with, and with a cast like this, you know, hey, you know, you can't say no to it. So definitely check it out, Motherless Brooklyn on HBO Max. So yeah, those Have are the... Oh, what's up? No, what's the Oh, I was going to say, yeah, so those are the, those are the films that I out of many that I recommend uh, for this week's episode. Yeah, what's up? Have you checked out uh, Lovecraft Country yet? I have not, but it's on my list. I was saying, have you checked out Lovecraft Um, It's it's on my list to watch. Um, I know that I know that um, the first season's going to uh, end around October, uh, mid-October, so I still have a ways to go, um, but I will I will make some make it a point to check it out because I do I do like the cast I like Jonathan Majors he's a fantastic uh, actor and of course Journey Smollett Bell a very Who's good actress killing it yes she not I like as in that show she is killing it hmm. oh I oh, I can imagine yeah as I'm like just don't think about it just start it <laughs> Just start. Just at least get. Just at least give me the first episode by next week. I'll I'll try. I'll, I'll episode. Yeah. I'll 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 make it I'll make it a point to do so. Um. I hope I hope it's a film. I mean, a film. I hope it's a show that can maintain its quality and not pull a Benioff and Weiss, because I will not be fooled again. You know. Fuck Game of Thrones. Well, they have nothing to do with it. So I think you'll be okay. I know. Well, it's a good thing they had nothing to do with it. Well, the show's a little too black for them. But anyway, um, but yeah, uh, but yeah, fuck Benny Uff and Weiss and fuck Game of Thrones. Anyway, um, yeah, I will check out Love, Lovecraft Country. Um, I will give it a fair shot. And that reminds me, I do have to watch. I do. I do have to give Watchmen uh, a, a, a chance as well because it's only it's only one season, so it's a mini series pretty much. So, you know, I have. I don't have to worry about us stinking up the joint after a number of years. Yeah, so, and what's happening, Kyle? And Kyle simply just comments, five. 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 Is, is that a reference to uh, one Big E? 
Don't give me three, give me five. I honestly don't know what they're talking about. Mm. Because a couple of days ago, they post seven. They post Dustin Ronald, mm. you know, Dustin Rose, mm-hmm. which as the character seven. <laughs> and it just made me want to watch that freaking promo again. It would be good. <laughs> Oh, my God. Then, the next day, mm-hmm. she posts six as in Xbox. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then today, they posted Big E holding up five fingers. Yep. I mean, it probably would have made sense if they would have posted Booker T going five times. I mean, but. Yeah. Okay. All right. But the point What are they talking about? I have no clue. Yeah, well, we'll find out. Um, but yeah, uh, but yeah, Kyle's in the chat. Shoutouts to you, my friend. Um, hopefully, we will see uh, the UWO in due time. Um, oh, and speaking of wrestling, um, <clears throat> All Out AEW, which was last Saturday. Um, um, I know you said that you watched the the second half of it. Um, I got I only got to see some of the highlights. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, I got to see some of the highlights of the show, uh, uh, but there was one spot in particular, which was trending on Twitter, and I saw the spot where Matt, yeah, Matt Seidel, yeah, well, well, Matt Seidel, former, formerly known as Evan Bourne, he wiped out on the Shooting Star Press, um, to be fair, I heard that it was humid as hell at, at Daly's place, and there was, like, the ropes were pretty slick, so, no fault of his own, but the, but oh, the, yeah, yeah he, I mean, I people... 21 wrestlers in one ring. Yeah. Shit can get pretty sweaty. So. Oh yeah, all that sweat and baby oil is no joke. But um, but the one but the one spot uh, yeah. which 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 I wanted to talk to talk about in particular, and I saw and I saw the full clip, uh, trending yeah. on Twitter, and it was uh Matt Hardy versus Sammy Guevara, and uh, Sammy Guevara uh, speared Matt Hardy off of a off of a raised platform. And they had two tables on the ground, but they overshot it. And Matt Hardy smacked the back of his head on the concrete floor from a 10-foot drop. That scared the fuck out of me when I saw that spot. That was that was cringeworthy. Absolutely. That really was. I was I was listening to Bully Ray breaking it down, and he was talking about like his experiences with concussions from uh, the TLC four, mm-hmm. um, uh, from the TLC four match that he was in, and how Jericho basically carried him through the match. And he was like, "Listen, from what I saw, based on my experience, Matt was on because they stopped the match for like three minutes, mm-hmm. and then Matt Hardy can actually." end up getting into character and he was like listen he was on autopilot mm-hmm. yeah um and, yeah he started talking about like how like matt usually like takes his bumps and he referenced one of the tlc matches where he uh fell off the ladder and went through two tables and like he was like telling me like matt usually like when he's taking a bump like that he usually turns to his side Mm-hmm. And I think that that's what he was trying to do when he was taking that spot, but it just, I guess he couldn't like fully rotate the way he wanted to. But yeah, that was, that was cringeworthy. Like, yeah, I, I'll admit I was laughing. I laughed about the Matt Sidow uh, mm-hmm. bots because 
Yeah. I mean, he took it. He took his own bump. He was out. You know, he was healthy with. He was still safe and everything. And mm. of course, the one meme I did want to bring up was: Do you remember they? Um, remember the scene from Spider-Man: Homecoming? When like he's just swinging and doing his thing around uh, Queens, and then the guy goes, "Hey, what's your name? I'm Spider-Man." Mm. Oh, okay, do what? Oh. <laughs> so he took that scene. Mm-hmm. Hey, what's your name? I'm Matt Sidow. Oh, okay, do a flip, and it was like they superimposed Matt Sidow's bump and stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so internet remains undefeated. Yeah, but back to that, not audible. Yeah, I just, I mean, I'll be, I can, I'm gonna be able to watch it again, but it's still gonna be cringeworthy. I'm like, yeah, he says they say he's okay, but mm-hmm. I, if I were him, like, if he's gonna be on TV, do not be on it. Do not be in any matches until he's like medically cleared like three times. Yeah, cause like, um, cause Aubrey Edwards like, um, she threw up the X twice, and uh, and you know Matt Hardy he wasn't moving for like a good minute, like his eyes were open, but no one was home, and oh, yeah. and yeah, and then like you know so so Aubrey Edwards she threw up the X twice. Uh, Doctor Sampson um actually checked on him and actually inexplicably cleared him so we so they can finish the match, but. To that, I, to that, I say like if if you know just to borrow to briefly uh, borrow uh, UWO's uh, gimmick um, with permission, of course. Um, if I if there was a burial of the week, my burial of the week has to go to AEW for this one for their handling of this because, quite frankly, like they should have stopped the match cold, declare it a no contest. I don't care. I don't care what the stipulation was. They should have declared it a no contest. Have Matt Hardy go straight to the hospital, not continue the match, and just like keep it moving because. If because Matt Hardy was not in his right mind to continue the match, even though he even though Samson for some reason cleared him, and then Matt Hardy's like, yo, yeah, yeah, I'm good to go. Listen, if 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 you're a wrestler and if you get your bell rung like that, you're in no position to make any choices at that point. At that point, we gotta take you out for your own good. Given what we know about about concussions, you know, CTE and you know head injuries of that nature, you're in no position to continue anything. You know, you know, so AEW, you know, they, they got to get the burial of the week for this one because Tony Khan, I mean, not, not just Dr. Samson, but like Tony Khan, because the, the, the buck stops with him, too. And for him to clear that, to, to, to give the go ahead to, to, to let the match continue, that that's irresponsible on his part. And, and, and AEW deserves to be deserves to catch a lot of heat for 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 letting Matt Hardy, you know, continue when he shouldn't have. And and also um, Matt Hardy's uh, wife. Uh, is it Reba Reba Sky? I think. Reba Sky. Yeah, Reba Sky. Like she, like she went apeshit on on AEW on social media, and rightfully so. She says shame on everybody in that goddamn building. And you know what? I couldn't agree more. Like Tony Khan and that and that doctor, you know, they should be dragged for for clearing them. That they should not have done it. And and from what I understand from uh, from listening to reviews of the show from like other wrestling podcasters and some fans. They said that 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 spot like sucked the whole sucked the air out of the entire for the rest of the night. Like like there were good matches on the show, like you know Hikaru Shida and Thunder Rosa in the main event with Moxley and um, MJF, but like you couldn't really fully enjoy it. Like after that bump, it was like you all you had on your mind was like, is Matt Hardy okay? And it's like, damn, that that really sucks. So I'm glad Matt Hardy oh, seems to be okay, but damn. 
AEW needs to get gets the burial of the week for this one. But yeah, you go ahead, Carl. Um, honestly, All Out wasn't this past All Out wasn't their best show. Hmm. From what I from what I saw and a lot from what I've been hearing too, it really has been yeah. their best show. From what I saw, it was it was okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah, it was okay, but I kind of expected much more from AEW, especially, like, since they're more focused on bringing, like, the, you know, being more focused on the matches instead of the stories and stuff. Was, and I, it, it wasn't, yeah, like I said, it just, it wasn't their best job. Mm. No. Okay, yeah. But I've seen better from me. I've seen better from AEW. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard heard similar sentiments. Like the like the show wasn't all that. Like it was like it was okay at best. Um, but they had they've had better events in the past. But yeah, and, and that and like I said, that Matt Hardy uh, that Matt Hardy uh, botch really really sucked the air out of the room for a lot of people too. So so there's that. But um, but yeah, uh, but yeah, AEW. Um, yeah, they they're move they're they're rolling forward. Um, and and speaking of AEW and NXT. Um, it looks like there's going to be a push to move NXT permanently to Tuesday nights instead of Wednesdays. Um, yeah, I think yeah, because hockey's back, and I think the yeah, I think hockey has something to do with, with USA getting the NHL mm. has something to do with it. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So I don't want to hear. First of all, the the, the war against the fans is like kind of getting annoying now. Like AEW fans versus WWE fans, it's kind of getting annoying. Just shut the fuck up and just enjoy wrestling. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, just like even back in the day with the Monday Night Wars, it was just like we were all winning. Like you was getting not in hindsight, but it, you know you was getting still. Well, at the time you were still getting good products. Yep. At the same time. Didn't matter what you were watching. That's true. That's you know what true. I mean? and, now, and that's how I'm trying to look at it, but it's just like everybody's just constantly just at war. Just shut the F up and just mm. enjoy wrestling. Yeah, absolutely. Two things. I got, I'm got. i actually giving a shout-out to this wrestling group. Okay. That hasn't really gotten a shout-out in a long time. Wrestling Fantasy Warfare. Oh. I I took part in the uh, I took part in like every pay per view. There's like this little you know they t- they have like their little picks and stuff. Yeah. And I actually won this. I actually won for all out. Nice. Okay. Yeah. So I I think with one match I got wrong and that was the uh, that was the um, Thunder Rosa versus Hikaru Shida. Yeah. And I took Thunder I did pick Thunder Rosa to win. But other than that, I pretty much had a perfect card. Nice. That's so I actually won a prize. That's actually should be it, it's um they probably probably got mailed off today. I'm not sure yet. Uh, shout out to Steve Pacheco for uh, having that. And uh, I gotta give another shout out too yeah. to Dominic Mysterio. Yes. He's- just like having good showing after good showing after the good showing, mm-hmm. like when he did that sliding Canadian destroyer dude, mm-hmm. that put um oh Murphy Murphy, Dave, I was like, whoa. Yeah, I saw that. 
I was like, well executed. <laughs> Yo, Dominic, he's got serious potential. His potential is through the roof. I, mm. His his dads are proud. Yes, yes. Both both Rey Mysterio, his father, and his real dad Eddie. Oh, so proud. <laughs> like, and it's funny too. It was like they um uh, last week something to wrestle. They like they did the it was the fifteen uh, year anniversary of SummerSlam two thousand and five. That's right. Yep. I remember that match. What was one of the matches in that five? The custody of Dominic. The custody Lash. of Dominic. <laughs> that was a good oh, match and, too. And Conrad brought it up. Yeah. yeah, and Conrad brought it up. Like it was, it's just like it was just so funny how like Dominic's coming full circle where he made that appearance mm-hmm. at SummerSlam uh, two thousand and five. Yeah. To actually being on the roster and having his first match at SummerSlam fifteen years later. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah, you, you can't write a story like that. Yeah, but oh, but then I did learn like if you actually go back and watch it, there was an obvious botch in that match. Oh yeah. The the custody of Dominic. Oh yeah, yeah. When um. Vicky was late. Yeah. Oh, Eddie was fucking pissed. Where the fuck is Vicky? And Eddie was like, where the fuck is Vicky? Yeah. <laughs> Dominic has, like, really good timing. And, like, like for someone who's, like, a, a, a straight rookie, you know, that's just, those are his first ever matches. Like, he's got the timing and fundamentals down. Like, like, like I won't lie, like, like I'm sure, like, like you and, like, many other fans, we, I was really skeptical. I'm like, Dominic, I don't know, he's got, he's got mighty big shoes to fill. But in his first match with Seth Rollins, that was, like, Okay, all right, you're impressing me, kid. You got what it takes. Yeah, he's de- he's definitely and got a bright future. And he's taken and he's taken his licks. Oh yeah. Oh man, those kendo those kendo shots hurt. <laughs> yeah, and he he's taken and he's taken them like this bad like it's a badge of honor. He's mm. taking this thing seriously. It's not like just some one off. Yeah. Like it's like he's in. Embracing the fact that he has those shoes to fill. Yeah. At the same time, it's like, okay, yeah, I'm carrying on the name, but I'm making my own name as well. Yep. Yeah, that's right. Making a name for myself on my own. So mm-hmm. he he's doing. Oh my god! Like honestly, I'm I'm legit proud of him. Like I can't wait to. I'm looking forward to seeing more. Oh yeah. Yeah, same here. Like, yeah, he's yeah, he's so far so far um they're handling him uh, correctly, and uh, and yeah, man, yeah, we'll 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 definitely see him in some main events in 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 a few years for sure. Yeah, the sky's the limit for him. Dominic Mysterio Guerrero. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. So yeah, there's yeah there's uh there's that. Um. Oh, also uh, one other thing about WWE, yo. Vince McMahon, 
Mr. Man needs to have a stadium full of seats. How are you going to try to shut down the side hustles of, oh, of your, of your wrestlers? You're going to try to shut down their cameos and Twitch? Listen, if, if, listen, if, if Vince McMahon tries to, tries to start some shit with Kana's YouTube channel, Kana-chan TV, or Xavier Woods up, up, down, down, there will be hell to pay. Now listen, because everybody's so quick to bury WWE because it's the WWE. With, for, for good there reason. Has been no, but there has been but there has been developments. Um, they're actually, I think they're going to be allowing Twitch in YouTube. Mm-hmm. They probably will put a stop on Cameo because also because um, Xavier Woods was live today. Mm. Like, uh, he was live today playing um playing Avengers, and he's like, well, I he's like, I think I should be okay because I took the necessary precautions, and plus I think Up Up Down Down has like a partnership with WWE because WWE.com is selling the Up Up Down Down title. They're selling Up Up Down Down merch. Mm. Okay. So it's like he's allowing them to. It's more yeah. There's more like a like a partnership. So I think, but I think they are allowing them to use um to use YouTube and Twitch. Mm. But it's like they have to use like their real names. Like I think um Adam Cole he simply just goes by the Chugs. Mm. Um, Cesaro goes by Claudio's. Like Claudio's Cafe. Yeah. So it's like there's still like some loopholes, but there is that exclusivity contract. Like there is an exclusivity clause. So, I mean, a lot of people are upset about it, but it's like at the end of the day, that is what there is. That is what's in their contract, and they did sign that dotted line. Well. Well, but 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 um, but to kind of push back on that a little, um, they are at the same time WWE deems their wrestlers quote unquote independent contractors. Uh, that's and that's where the beef pulls yeah. up. So it's like, I think there's also this. It's like something to, yeah. There's oh, it's always like some twists and turns and some problems and stuff that are in that that are in that contract. So it's like I. But this thing is still ongoing. Yeah, I mean. So it's like you have to see. He's given them thirty days, so it's like you do have to see where this go, like where this goes. They are, they are like, they have been having meetings about it, and then not to mention, Melter is reporting a lot of stuff, and Melter is wrong a lot. <laughs> so. You kind of just have to play this by ear and just see how this, how everything goes. Um, honestly, the best way to get the most honest answer is to catch them when they are on Twitch. Mm-hmm. You know, like I said, I've seen it. Like I said, Xavier Woods, from what I saw, from what I saw from him lately, he's like he's addressing it because he knows that. He addresses it right off the bat, like what's going, what's been happening with it, because he knows that everybody's gonna have questions. He knows that everybody's gonna have, have something to say. So they just, he's like, he's addressing it. He goes, all right. As the first time when it when it first came out, like I saw him post, I'm like, all right, I gotta hear what he has to say. 
So he's like, okay, as of right now, I don't know what's going to happen. I'm going to still, you know, do it. But as of right now, I don't know. Then today's Twitch, he was like, okay, I should be, I think I should be good because of so-and-so and so-and-so and so-and-so. It's literally, everything's just like in that contract. Like, even though they are, you know, independent contractors, but it's like there is still that exclusivity clause and stuff. This stuff. It's, and right now, it's like all I can say is like it's just ongoing. We really would have to just wait and see how this plays out. How this plays out. But I think they do still have permission to use um, to, to use uh, YouTube and Twitch. Mm. So you know, as long as like they use their real names and stuff. So it's like. This, you know, I think there, there are ways that they'll be able to get away with it. So I think I think Xavier Woods is safe. I think uh, Oscar's channel is safe because she goes under Connor Chan. Mm-hmm. She yeah. goes under you know the Connor name that she used over in um, over in Japan. So like I said, there's still bits and pieces. It's not a full like complete jigsaw puzzle yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, you know, we'll we'll wait and see. Um, although, like one part of the one part of the uh, uh, story is that Vince was also trying to trying to trying to say that he has rights to to their real names, which which is which is absolutely unprecedented. You can't you you can't you can't own somebody's real name. I mean, I mean, you like you can you can have like your own YouTube channel or your own like online platform with your real name. That's fine. But if you but to turn around and say that oh yo well you can't use it because we own the rights to your birth name like get the fuck out of here Vince like Vin, Vince is just a just a greedy greedy shit shit billionaire you know trying to flex trying to own trying to trying to own and squelch his talent much more than they're already owned and squelched and yeah, so please. so like I'm not. <laughs> I'm I'm not I'm not gonna give Vince McMahon the benefit of the doubt because he doesn't because quite frankly he's he doesn't deserve it at all at all he is a shit person and a shit businessman and and he's so out of touch that quite frankly like 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 if if i was in the if i was in the position of one of those wrestlers and he tells me hey guess what victor you know what i own i own your name and uh if you don't if you don't shut down your little youtube channel your little podcast i'm gonna fire you i'd be like well well vince you can suck my dick and you can fire me because i ain't letting go of this podcast and that's that Oh, I somebody mean, already tried to do that. <laughs> Who? <laughs> but anyway, um, I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't. If that was a joke, that's just, I don't know that. Anyway, but subliminal, subliminal. I, I, think you got it, I did not. But um, but but yeah, man, it's 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 like, it, it's like you know, you're, and, and that just shows like how. And we've been saying it for years, not just us, but like fans, former and current wrestlers as a whole. Professional wrestling needs a union. When you have a strong union, when you have labor rights, collective bargaining rights, then Vince McMahon can't pull shit like, yeah, get off, get off your side hustles for thirty in thirty days, or I'll fire you or fine you. If you have a union. And, and more importantly, if you have, like, top tier, the, the biggest names that can back said union, then you can actually have some rights. But if you're, but if these wrestlers are too scared, 
if they're if they're walking on eggshells around Vince McMahon, then yeah, Vince is gonna keep walking all over you. And if you keep signing those five year deals, then yeah, Vince is gonna keep walking all over you because he's a shitty fucking person. And that's the person you choose to work for. So if you don't have rights, if you can't assert your rights legally, if you don't have that union, then yeah, Vince is gonna keep flexing on you. So these wrestlers can either can, they can complain all they want, you know, about getting their side hustle shut down, and I, and I think it's unfair. But if they don't have, if they can't come together with through collective action, then all their complaints are just moot. They're just moot. It's like it's like it, it become it becomes like oh poor yeah, me. Mean, it becomes like poor me, poor me, pour me a drink, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, go ahead, Carl. I wait till Thursday, but. Uh... But I'm just saying, maybe, I mean, maybe this could be the thing that could trigger, you know, that could trigger, like, you know, them to, them to unionize. I mean, like I said, everything's just still developing. So, I mean, everybody's going to have their opinion and stuff. But I'm just, I'm still trying to piece everything together. And then you also got to be careful on, like, which dirt sheets to, that's going to report. Like, like I said, Meltzer. It's been reporting a lot of things, and Meltzer is wrong a lot of the times. And I'm not just hearing that from Bruce Bridget. I also listened to uh, 83 Weeks, and they, uh, oh my God. If, if you want a good laugh, yeah. it was an episode, was the War- the Ultimate Warriors WCW debut. Oh my goodness. Oh, Jesus. That was a good laugh. No, Jesus. But he was, and even, yeah. Yeah, hilarious. Oh my yes, hilarious. That, mm. that hilarious. But um, even Bischoff was testifying like, once again, Meltzer, like a lot of these dirty writers are wrong. And then he ends up explaining why. So it's like, all right, you gotta take, you can't, you gotta take everything, everything with a great, you can't, you know, you, you can't just can't believe all the dirty sheets out. You just gotta just wait and play it out, like. I'm a, like honestly, when it comes to this situation, I'm gonna go by what Xavier Woods is saying because he's flat out addressing it. Mm. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I hear. I hear what you're saying. But um. But yeah. We'll. Yeah. We'll. We'll. We'll see. We'll see how the story develops, like you said, Carl. And um. Hope. Hopefully. Hopefully. Um. Hopefully, the everything will turn out in the favor of the talent. Um. But if not, then yeah, this has to be a kick in the ass. Cause like there's, like like wrestling has wrestlers. Like professional wrestlers had so many opportunities to unionize over the decades. Um, I, I know, I know, like the one of the biggest examples was where Jesse Ventura wanted to unionize, but then Hulk Hogan snitched on, snitched on him to Vince, and and Jesse Ventura said something to the effect of, you know, if these wrestlers are are stupid enough to 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 be exploited, then they deserve what they get. He said something to that effect shortly before he left, or around the time he left WWF. And to a certain degree, Ventura is right. Ventura is right. I mean. I mean, you can complain about being exploited all you want, but at some point, you know, if if you keep if you keep touching the oven and your hand your fingers keep getting burned, at some point you gotta stop touching you gotta stop touching the oven. <laughs> That's just it. You know, it's you know either either nut up or shut up. And, and as as Woody Harrelson says in Zombieland. <laughs> yeah, but. Uh... But that's all I got, on my end. What about you? Um, 
yeah, that's that's pretty that's pretty much it. Uh, pretty much it on my end for me. Um, like I said, I got got more movies on the horizon. Um, still playing Outer Worlds. Uh, you know, um, still enjoying uh, some Ratchet you music. Oh, what's up? Watch the uh, first episode of uh, oh, Lovecraft Country. Yep, I will. I I have that. I, 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 yeah, uh, yeah, still, still going through Outer Worlds, uh, still, you know, trying to catch up on some books too. So yeah, a lot, a lot of movies down the pike. Uh, um, you know, um, I will at some point uh, post uh, my favorite films of past years, including 2020, uh, when, when I when I get to it. Um, yeah, so that's 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 it for me. Uh, uh, Carl, tell the good people where they can find us. Well, you can find us on social media. It's on Facebook, obviously. Thank you for watching. Uh, Twitter, Twitch. Um, I'll be doing. I'll, I'll be doing some more Twitch. You know, some Call of Duty, some, maybe some more Avengers. Uh, so, um, probably some Fall Guys too. A lot of people have been having fun with that. And if I can get a couple of people together, we'll do some Gang Beasts as well. Um, I said Twitch, uh, Instagram. You can. Uh, you can listen to us on iTunes. Be sure to leave us a five-star review. SoundCloud, Google Play, Google Podcast, Spotify, and uh, SoundCloud. I said that twice, but yeah. And any other, uh, any of your uh, preferred uh, streaming platforms. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Catch us everywhere, man. And. Um, also, you can uh, you can catch me on uh, on the Instagram machine at Victor Moyo, um, where Mr. I post. Bird. Mr. Bird 1027. And also, get our merch at Crafty Canto Cuts. It's like, she can, whatever you want, she can do it. Yeah, absolutely. Crafty Canto Cuts, man. Yo, you want some primetime t shirts? Crafty Canto is your woman. Get those get those orders in. Yeah, so, so yeah, that's, uh, that's pretty much it for this week. Thank you all for watching. Thank you all for listening. Um, unlike Billy Kay and Peyton Royce, we will be back next week together. So, uh, <laughs> oh, man, I almost forgot my iconic uh, shot there. Um, and I, I will say, though, before we go, Billy Kay had her best match in WWE ever on Raw Underground against Jessamyn Duke. I will say that. But with that said, um, <laughs> but but the, see see that's that's why I wish UWO was what did was was still on because oh I would have given so much money to see Eddie Ortiz just revel in the breakup of the Iconics. Oh, First but of all, that's gonna be that great. That's Eddie. That's the angry fan. Yes, he's not AKA angry. He's passionate. Eddie <laughs> AKA Eddie Meltzer. <laughs> That's a good one. Mm-hmm. AKA Eddie, mate. Mm-hmm. AKA you gotta be joking me. <laughs> <laughs> indeed, indeed. Yeah, man. But <laughs> but yeah, so we will be we'll be back next week with more uh, with more Codex Prime nerd goodness and magic. Um, as always, we will catch you on the flip. Peace out, nerds. Later.